God of the universe, maker of the stars, who am I that you would know my name? Welcome to Life on Purpose, episode number 44, and since it's Labor Day, we decided to labor, and that is to uh, produce a program tonight. And going around the the uh, computer screen here is Ryan Cribs, Daniel Clayton, and if the Energizer Bunny became messianic, David Covert, <laughs> and myself, Mike Clayton. Uh, guys, welcome! And uh, at least for three of us, we're looking forward to working together in person. Uh, the only thing I can't remember is where is it, right? Ryan, David, where are we going to? <laughs> Where was it? I think it, like it's like South of Chattanooga, yeah. Rossville. Uh, Rossville, yeah. yeah, yeah, Rossville. Okay, Battlefield Congregation. Okay, well, you guys have been that there before. Cool. I haven't. We have. Oh, yeah. Yes. Nice little community. Very nice. Good. Are you been there? Addressed Dave or? Yeah, I actually just had it just a second, and it just oh, there it is. Uh, it's one ninety five Ashley Lane, Rossville, Georgia three zero seven four one. Schedule is on the internet. Uh, I'll yes. be speaking Friday night. Um, Rico Cortez will be there speaking. On, I'll be speaking on sun, Saturday morning, and uh, Sarah, Rico Cortez will be there Saturday afternoon as I'm going to come back and spend some time with our congregation. Also, mm -hmm. uh, I, I think we got uh, this obscure band, uh, Exodus, yeah, Exodus Trail, yeah. Exodus what? Exodus Broke Down the Side band. of the Road Band? What is it? It was the Leviticus Path Group. Yes, huh. yes. <laughs> Exodus Roadkill. <laughs> yeah, I mean, then there's another band that they've been around. <laughs> That's funny. Man, how long do how long ago was it we played with those that band there, Ryan? I think that was a, it was a long time ago, and now they're joining us this for this round. Exactly. Yeah, you might have yes. heard Mishkanee. Mishkanee. Oh yeah, <laughs> you might have heard of them. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a big uh, time. I'm looking forward to it because I have not worked with Howie and Aileen for over 10 years. And um, she doesn't really know this, but she, Aileen has uh, one of my favorite songs of all times uh, about Jerusalem. Now, I know that Exodus Road Band has a really good, good one also, but uh, sometimes I just need to hear her song. Um, it's, it's an amazing, amazing song they have written. So I'm looking forward to, to being with them. And, uh, I'm, I'm going to probably request that just to, you know, since they're there. <laughs> All right. Knowing so, them, they probably would oblige you. Yeah. They probably I, will. I'm hoping so. <laughs> I'm hoping so. All right. Well, let's, let's get going with this program. And, um, Ryan, couple of weeks ago, our last program, you said something about living life, looking through the lens of God. I mm. got a question for you. Yes. What in the world were you thinking? <laughs> uh, some, sometimes things come out of thin air, Mike. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I, now, I can't even tell you where the, what the catalyst of that one was. Uh, it's funny that you should bring up lenses. Um, my wife just recently ordered a new pair of glasses and they got the prescription for one of the lenses, right? But the other lens they got completely wrong. Oh, and so she just, uh, 
received those and was very disappointed to find that she couldn't see anything, though she had it half correct. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. Okay. Mm. Who's going to run with that one? Oh, goodness gracious. Sorry, guys. I was about to say, like, there's so much good stuff there. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, man. Anybody? Anyone? <laughs> Anyone? I mean, I don't know. It's like, it's so, it's so simple. It's such a simple concept that you just laid out, but it's so, it's so deep. It's so true. And, you know, I hope that part of the silence that we're, we're experiencing right now is like, what am I walking through life only seeing half the truth and not being able to see or seeing only really perceiving half of what is in front of me or, Oh man. Uh, okay. Let, let me throw something in here to, to run with in the book of Yaakov or James, it, it talks about a double minded man is unstable mm. in all his ways mm. what a, about a double visioned man. Mm. Mm, double visioned man. Would that be a man who, is maybe seeking the vision of God for his own life, but is constantly being pulled astray by his own vision. Okay. By what he sees in front mm -hmm. of him, perhaps, uh, by perhaps the uh, impossibilities that may make themselves known in his path. That he, you know, in the in the flesh, he sees. I'm talking to myself here, even mm -hmm. you know. So many times, even recently, I've been like, "Oh, this situation is impossible," and then within. 24 hours it has developed into the most possible and easy to obtain thing or item or whatever it is and it's just like mm -hmm. you're watching the father move and i've had to go back and, and repent and be like all right you know i should have had more faith than that mm -hmm. yeah i'd say the, the i like the double vision i feel like those two things are probably pretty similar um you could put them in the same context double vision double-minded because both would would make you unstable um if you have you know two visions in front of you whether that's a a, a literal vision like you're talking about ryan it's going to make you unstable it's going to throw your perception your depth perception off and you're just going to be uh really hindered in your movements even um, but also just as far as like a, a conceptual thing, like if you have, um, I'm sure there's at least a dozen proverbs that would say something about this, about, you know, not being sure of yourself. Mm -hmm. um, I know one proverb, I can't remember where it is, but it says to act without knowing how you function is not good. Oh, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And so you could almost apply that in a similar way where if you start acting, but you have not laid out your clear vision, you have not put on the proper lens to walk forward with that, then you are going to be unstable. You are, it is going to be not good because you're acting before you should act. Mm -hmm. I think I want to jump in with the idea that you have double vision, right? It's, it's a vision that's um, obscure because there's literally two things happening. I think if, uh, I think as kids, we're always told, don't, cro don't cross your eyes. They're going to get stuck that way, right? And you, you'll end up seeing double <laughs> once you're crossing it. You're looking over your nose, right? But that's and what's wrong with that. Nah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and you get fascinated with that idea as a kid. But then that, that fear of, oh, gosh, uh, maybe I'm looking wrong. That's kind of an interesting idea that 
in my mind, when you said the double vision thing, I immediately thought of like two masters, the idea of like a, you have a vision. That means there's something that's in charge of that vision usually, right? But then if we have double, if we're seeing double, that means there's two. That means there's two things going on. And just like you said, Daniel, in, by definition, it's unstable. You're going to try walking cross-eyed. Uh, mm -hmm. Send us a video when you do that. <laughs> <laughs> try doing On that. purpose at mail.com, please do. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. There you go. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, so like doing that, that's not a, I would not advise that. That would probably be, a, you're probably going to get hurt. Probably going to get mm -hmm. hurt. I remember, um, man, this is going, this is going back a ways. And when I was still in public school, which I know I just offended probably half our crowd there. That mm. uh, yes, I did. <laughs> um, no, I was in public school. I had a great public school, honestly, in Arizona. Um, but I remember they brought in some of the uh, the Dare people, um, that organization that caters to younger people, essentially teaching them the negative effects of drugs and alcohol, that kind of thing. And um, I remember specifically, for some reason, this stuck with me, but they said that as you start drinking more and more, or as you are under the influence of drugs, it creates a false sense of security. Hmm. Meaning you're not going to be able to tell yourself when you're in that altered state of mind that you're not fit to drive. You're not going to have the wherewithal and the wisdom to say, I can't, I shouldn't drive right now. It's going to be like, oh yeah, I'm totally fine. I can drive. I can do this. Um, and that's probably what we do in a similar way in us, in our spiritual walk and our, in our, uh, and all that kind of stuff where we have, you know, maybe if we close one eye, you know, we can see perfectly with this eye and that creates this false sense of security that we're kind of good to go. Like we are seeing things clearly because we've shut one eye, we've shut off part of uh, what we need to understand. We haven't gone through that process of wisdom and understanding and knowledge to to be able to proceed correctly um, and just have like that uh, that that blockage over our eye. Something. Mm. Hmm. So what what about okay? You know we're talking about this thing with glasses. I've worn glasses mm -hmm. uh, uh, most of my life. Uh, when I started with, the, I did not even know I had astigmatism uh, until I started working air traffic control, and they said, you know, you, you can't see exactly. So what it does is affects a lot of things. And uh, Ryan, as a shooter, you understand this uh, very well. Of, of uh, which eye is your dominant eye? Mm -hmm. Okay, and and. Uh, most people that are right-handed, you're, you know, your right eye dominant, uh, because I have astigmatism, my right eye, I am left eye dominant, which means I have to do some, if I'm out on the range with you, I have to do some adjusting. Yeah. You, you have to get funky with it when it comes to rifles. Yeah. It, it, well, is rifle with a pistol, anything that I do, I've got to, I have to adjust because of that. Mm -hmm. And so understanding that we have some some vision problems in this world uh, can cause us to be able to overcome those vision problems. Mm. Uh, yes, I have yeah. to do that playing golf. I wear bifocals, and um, you know, so I've got a, a distant and a and a near. And if I'm trying to to hit a ball to a distance, and I've got you know the, these bifocals on, it's it's terrible because you're sitting all like this the whole time and you look really funny so i have uh, single vision glasses that i wear just for that 
And so all these, all these are things that we could look at in our own life to consider that if we're not seeing properly, if we're, and, and if we're even to the point that we can recognize some of the defects, mm. maybe my childhood gave me some vision defects. I I may have been raised by somebody that continued to tell me all the time that I was worthless, mm-hmm. that I'd never make anything in my life, uh, that you're, you know, you're ugly or you're too short, you're too, you're too tall, you're too, whatever, whatever it is. And those things affect our vision. Mm-hmm. But until I, I, I look at that and go, wait a minute, let me see this for what it is. And I, I can't take that away from, from, what happened in my life, but I can adjust so that I can, I can overcome it and see clearly mm-hmm. to get to my target. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. Yeah, so real fast, you saying that it, it triggered something in my, in my mind, actually uh, a couple things. One was um, like uh, for us that are husbands, we are seeing with our perspective our our view mm-hmm. but our wife might could be considered to be our second eye that if we're not actually seeking her perspective on a matter we're only and only seeing it from our perspective we're literally walking around with a patch you know or a mm-hmm. blinder over one eye and mm-hmm. i'll give you a for instance that happened to me recently that i was so thankful for my wife's perspective uh so i was hosting a a class recently it won't go into the details but it required us to have a piece of, of property. And so we had arranged with a, uh, a gentleman to use their piece of property for this class. And this was months in advance of the class. And then several days just before the class was to be, something came up, I guess the, that individual didn't write down or understand the dates. And mm-hmm. basically like just days before the class, that necessary piece of land was now no longer available to us. Oh like literally like 48 hours before the class. Um, and so, I, of course, I was very upset because I had people traveling from all over the Southeast in order to attend this course uh, that I was facilitating. And um, I began to take a very negative perception toward this individual. And so I was. I came home that evening and I was talking with my wife and I asked her, I said, what... What is your, I said, you, you've kind of been on the outside watching everything happen, if you will. What's your perception of this? And she made me realize that some of my communication, some of my perception toward this individual was lacking or was quite harsh. Mm. And uh, it, it actually, it, it brought me to a place of repentance because I had not seen I had only seen it from my point of view. I had not seen it from mm-hmm. what perhaps he could be seeing or, you know, what he and his family might be going through and th- this kind of thing. Um, and so it worked out and we were able to, to somewhat reconcile. And, and he also was able to attend the last day of the course himself. Oh, good. Uh, but there, like, had I not gone to her, um, mm-hmm. really trying to build her up here as well, it, I would not have seen. I would have been just like her glasses. I would have been seeing out of only one lens and not the other 
not getting the full mm-hmm. picture. And probably could have done irreparable damage to a relationship had I not taken her advice. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I was just going to say, I think this is this is such a good picture of, uh, you know, where it talks in scripture about the body of Messiah, because mm-hmm. it just goes to show how much we need each other. Um, because any one of us left to ourselves are going to be um, lacking in perspective and probably more cynical as we, you know, grow more experienced in life. Um, and so, Dad, I was going to say with what you said, that really ties together um, kind of our opening thought of viewing things from uh, God's lens, because you're talking about these things that could happen to you when you're younger or these things that just kind of you carry that affect your vision of the world. Mm-hmm. And from our perspective, we can see that as a bad thing. And it, it does hinder our vision up until we hand it to God to for him to um, to meet us halfway there and to to say, hey, I know that happened to you, but it's not it's not who you are and it doesn't affect you moving forward now let me turn this into a testimony for everyone else that's struggling with the same thing and that's when that's when the shift happens is when you you take your situation you hand it to god and then he hands it back to you with a different lens so that you can then operate in the world in a different way um and ryan just with with what you're saying i think it's so important that in a marriage and a friendship and anything it's very important that we do not approach friendships in a general sense or relationships from the idea that we need to change the other person that Mm -hmm. we are right and they are wrong and we need to affect what they're saying because if we do that then we are going to limit the exact thing that you're talking about we're going to become stubborn in our own ways Mm -hmm. and not want to change them and we're not going to be able to see our shortcomings where we're wrong and you're just not going to be able to operate in the fullness of that marriage or the fullness of that friendship or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Right. I wanted to throw like that whole idea, like we're talking about like that one perspective and how you're saying, Ryan, you like, we're looking at this with essentially half vision. That's a lot of times we can, we look at a lot of things like that. And I would like to then offer that sometimes let's add another thing to that analogy. Like if you've ever been up on top of a mountain peak or in a city and they have those like binocular things at the top, right? Where you could throw in a couple quarters and you could see things with great detail. I think a lot of times we get so focused on whether it's an issue or on whether it's something we stay so focused, we forget the big pictures because we're so focused on a detail. We get so focused on one thing um, or if we're very compared to shooting, you stare down the scope with just one eye open and you're just looking through that scope, you have no idea of what else is happening mm-hmm. downfield of that range. If we look at that, that's the same idea. And I think a lot of times we can get so focused on how we perceive a matter to be that we have to take what I like to tell people that 30,000 few level. Let's, let's back up. Let's back up. Let's stop. It's valid. You're what you're feeling. Fine. Let's take a big step back. It's just a recent thing that we've been able to look at where we can up in satellites up in space that they could see from a whole world perspective down to they could see the numbers on your mailbox with a satellite, right? Like it's just recent technology that we're able to do something as crazy as that. But God's been doing that the entire time. He could see the big picture all the way down to the very minute detail. And sometimes we have to get out of those binoculars and go, wait, there might be something else going on here. Let me 
try to detect my emotions in this situation just to see big picture what's happening here. So, and I'm glad we, you're able to remedy that because I got to be a part of it and see how that happened for you. And that was really yes. neat. So again, it was all God thing. And again, it's so amazing just to lean on your friend or really your best friend, your wife is what I hope to be. <laughs> your best friend's your wife and she's able to say, hey, check yourself here. And like what you said, Danielle, that whole idea of don't come into thinking that you're going to be the one changing people or that you're the best one in this, essentially in a relationship. There's always something to learn. There's always something to see from somebody else's perspective because it's different for them. Always should value that. I totally agree with you there. Yeah. So if he sees, you know, and you guys uh, were revived, we did the thing with the parade that he sees uh, to, to, to the almighty, there is no past and, and future. Everything is present. And um, spoiler alert, we're probably going to be doing that at uh, in, in Georgia. <laughs> so just, just, you know, get ready. Awesome. Um, but uh, well, you know, hopefully the adults will be able to, to understand it too. So we'll just talk to the youth and, you know, maybe the adults can catch it. Well, um, I mean, if you got big balloon, then that kind of Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. Don't go give everything away there, David. Um, you know, I might, I might catch you with a punching bag. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah. Um, so uh, here's here's the thing is if we're going to see from his through his lens and his perspective, what I'm hearing everybody say is that he's going to use other people to help us do that. Yes. Once again, the theme of yeah. shooting here. <laughs> Where'd that come from? <laughs> um, a good sniper has a spotter. Yes. Okay. And a good sniper also is only on the scope for a limited amount of time and then switches off. And so in order yes. to get something done, you need somebody else that is here. So we're talking about our, like in our own lives, what you're talking about, Ryan, um, let me give you a perspective. There's things that I know about me that you know about me. There's things that I know about me that you don't know about me. There's things that you know about me that I don't know about me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when we come together, it's going to be the father that is allowing us to see ourselves maybe in a light that we can't see ourselves if left just to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I, 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 in looking through the scope, I need a spotter. And it may be that, that, you know, David's called alongside of me to, 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 to be my spotter so I can see some things instead of just, as you were talking about David, getting that tunnel vision into something and, and, and missing the perspective of what's going on around me in my life. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. There's a reason Yeshua sent them out in twos. Mm. Oh, they they, mm. they, they needed yeah. each other, and he probably he probably sent out. I, I imagine that the way he paired them up was probably not anything close to what any of the twelve would have chosen. Right, exactly. It was probably like way different because Yeshua knew each and every one of them, and exactly what they needed, and exactly what would make them the most effective. Because if he sent two people that got along really well and um, they had a lot of similarities, then he might as well just sent one in that way right but to send to um and to kind of shift gears here a little bit you know we're talking about god's perspective yeah and 
so th this is a really practical issue, I think, of learning. Like we could do a we could do a class on this, mm -hmm. learning how to see things from God's point of view, because that is something that affects every single day of your life. Yeah. If we could learn how to see things from God's point of view, it would change our lives and how we live and how we function, how we speak, how we do everything in our lives. And where this becomes really apparent is when things get hard, when we have a bad day, when we have a bad week or bad month or something bad happens. Um, that is when it's the most necessary to have God's perspective. And one of the greatest pictures that I have heard uh, a friend of mine say is we talk about the mountaintops and the valleys uh, of our lives, the mountaintops being like the really good experiences, um, you know, just on, on this really good high. And then the valleys being, you know, the tough times in the, in the dark places. But he said, if you think about it, when you're on that mountaintop, you're not just seeing other mountains, you're seeing the entire lay of the land in front of you. You're seeing the other peaks and you're seeing the trees and you're seeing the valleys. And when you're on that mountaintop, everything about what you're seeing is beautiful, including the valleys. Mm -hmm. And so when you start trekking down from that mountaintop and you get into those valleys, you are at the place that you just saw from the mountain. And that's God's perspective is that it's all beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's two really important questions to ask ourselves in trying to learn how to see through God's perspective. Number one is do we believe truly that he is good? And number two, do we truly believe that he's good to us? Wow. Those are two very different questions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> I like what you did there. Mm -hmm. It just came to me about two minutes ago, so... <laughs> Yeah. Because one implies the understanding that it's like, okay, I know God is good, but you know, life really sucks right now. And so it's just not been good to me. And mm -hmm. the other is that God is doing that, though it may not be good right now, because it is good for you, because he is good to you. Okay. And I've got, you know, how many fingers pointing back at me? Right yeah. Now, but... yeah oh man yeah, yeah. that's where i'm at too i'm trying to like i can't uh, tell you how many times i've had conversations with people they'll either talk about the valleys talk about the mountains and sometimes it's like you know sometimes you just need a perspective change and then there's that peace that can follow from just understanding that you know what this isn't gonna last forever it is gonna go this is gonna go away there's something to be learned here and it's hard in the middle of it right like we say that right now but then like that whenever that comes heaven forbid it happens to you guys again i don't wish that for anybody but hard times come mm. in the middle of it you do not want to hear someone say hey there's something good happening here but guess what there's something in the middle of all that you just can't see it again tunnel vision there, there's mm -hmm. especially when it's bad I, I i know i get tunnel vision when it gets rough i understand that and thankfully there's that there's those god moments where he goes hey let me mm -hmm. take you back up to that mountain again mm -hmm. you see you see the path is and there's a direction it, here and you're on it you're you're ahead mm -hmm. you were back there now you're here going up to the next mountain it's gonna be tough but keep going and the most important word to remember to rem oh <laughs> to remember is remember like that one word 
remember, just, you know, take that moment and mm -hmm. think back on all the times that he oh, has yeah. brought you through all sorts of things. Remember is the word yeah. to think about when you're in the middle of those yeah. things. You know, maybe, maybe what we get tripped up with is the word good. Because in English, okay, you know, a, a piece of cake is good, and uh, you know, your 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 child's being good, and mm -hmm. you know, whatever is is kind of a word that goes to everything. In Hebrew, the word is is uh, is tov, and um, it's it's more of a word of completeness. So we go to Genesis, and and God saw it, and it was good. The word is that it had its complete purpose. So mm -hmm. it was like, you know, life on purpose kind of thing. So uh -huh. the, the word good is maybe where we're tripping up. And we know that God is good. Okay. I mean, I do. Uh, I know he is complete. Mm -hmm. But, but you know, what about us? I'll take you back to, uh, this is, this is a long time ago. This is ancient history. Uh, it was 1987. Uh, we were in uh, myself and, and Kathy, uh, along with our daughter, just one daughter at the time. Uh, I went to a conference with uh, Pastor Roger Barrier of Cassis Adobe's Baptist Church, Tucson, Arizona. Uh, Pastor Barrier has passed away since, but uh, I'll never forget him teaching on the words of Romans 8:28, and I've heard these words spoken. When I've, as a pastor, have been in an intensive care room all night long with a family, and somebody walks in and go, well, praise God, all things work together for good. Those that love God and are called according to his purpose, amen. And the family's going, shut up. Because those words, you know, you're going through something. You don't just want somebody to tell you, hey, all things work together for good. And, and Pastor Barrier was, in his great wisdom of expounding on the scripture, he said, you can't understand verse 28 unless you've read verse 29. Novel thing to do. Verse 29 says, um, for whom he did foreknow, he did predestine to be conformed into the image of his son, Yeshua, the Messiah. So how do we how do we define the word good in verse 28 is that he brings things into our lives that would conform us into the image that he created us to be. And that gentlemen means it's good. Doesn't mean that it's comfortable, mm -hmm. but it means it's good because he's mm -hmm. seeing through his lens at my destiny not at my mm -hmm. present circumstance. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> example of this, uh, there's a guy we're working for right now. Um, I talk about him a lot because he's just been, he's been a God-ordained figure in uh, me and my business partner's life mm -hmm. in this past couple months. Um, just really, you know, God ordained this meeting to happen with him. Um, but he's taught us a lot. He's 82. He's an engineer. Um, he's, he was, he has been involved in ministries to various forms, including prison ministry for almost his, his entire life. 
Um, and one thing he was telling us the other day is because he'd had this issue with a plumber showing, uh, not showing up, calling the plumber, hey, when you come in, yeah, I'm coming, doesn't come, yeah, I'm coming, doesn't come, that kind of thing. And so just really frustrating. You know, you got this project going on and you have someone that says there's going to be there and they're just not there over and over and over again. And so uh, my business partner asked him again the other day, he's like, hey, did you hear anything on the plumber? You know, just kind of inquisitive asking. And he, he said, no, no, but um, he just goes in and, and starts talking about how, you know, we really have to believe that God ordains everything. And there's a difference between ordaining and micromanaging. He's not going, God does not micromanage our choices to where he just makes us choose things. There's still, yeah, there's still the free will, but he ordains things to happen. Just like in the life of Job, he ordained that suffering to bring about his glory. He ordains things that we don't understand, even if he's not micromanaging them. And so he said, listen, you know, God ordained for me to cross paths with this plumber. I didn't choose for that to happen. I didn't choose for us to meet. God brought us together. And as much as it is up to me, why would I separate what God has brought together? And he says, I don't know what God might call me to in his life, what things I could speak into his life into. I don't, I have no idea why he's in my life, but as much as I can help it, I'm not going to kick him out just because I'm frustrated. And it's such a good, it's such an important thing because there's stuff like that that happens to every single one of us almost every single day. Something that we could say like, well, why on earth does this not just happen? Or does this person not just follow through and all these things? But to step back and say, God ordained this for some reason, I don't know what it is, but I believe him and I believe he's good. And we were able to just really uh, hone in on this like the next day because we had to go fix something that we had done maybe a month prior Um, some things that a different worker was accusing us of doing things wrongly. It wasn't our fault, but we were like, you know what? It's not a big deal. Let's just go fix it. Um, But this thing, had we not been blamed for something that wasn't our fault? And it was so cool because God was able to like give us this image in the moment where they're working for free. It's not always very fun to do that. Um, But we just, one of us made a comment and all of a sudden we both got this vision like God is or has ordained this to happen so that we could learn from this experience because he has a place that he's taking us to that we need to know what we just learned here. Thanks, Daniel. You just cost me 10 bucks. I'll explain it to you later. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I messed up today. Oh, Oh. yeah. I'll I'll tell you later. I'll say after okay. hearing what Daniel just said, that was some foundational stuff because I can't tell you how many times, like as Daniel was talking about that, I was like, "Good Lord, uh, yeah, uh, that time, that time, that time." Oh, <laughs> oh man, that's those are that's some introspection right there. That there's definitely sometimes you can mm-hmm. see where that's, and then or wanting to pick up the phone to cancel, wanting to say, you don't even show up. I can't even believe how unprofessional this is. That's the day they show up and something unbelievable happens. And you go, how the heck did that just happen? There's no way. How, what was going on there? Right. I'm being super general, but I've seen it way too many times. And it was like, mm-hmm. was I, oh, because you said something at the beginning there that I thought was amazing, that idea of, God is good, so he is doing things. 
But then there's this micromanaging thing that us human mortal beings like to do where we like to think, well, I definitely know what God's trying to do. So let me try to orchestrate and make this work just to make it yeah. show up the, oh, and I make a big mess <laughs> of it all because I'm trying to manage how God's going to do this thing. Oh, boy. So y'all talking about this and then I'm going to tie it back in with my, what Mike was saying about shooting. This was with a drill we did during this class that I was speaking about. So, you know, if, if God's vision for us, if he's seeing the end goal, then our focus needs to be the goal, the, the, the end goal, right? Yeah. Sin has been called uh, or translated as missing the mark. Right. So one of the drills we did, you'll see where I'm going with this. It was called occlusive shooting. An occlusive shooting, for those that don't know what it is, is you have a handgun or a rifle, whichever one you're going to do, handgun in this particular case. Some of us have a red dot sight on top. For those of you who don't know what that is, it's a piece of glass essentially with a, a laser inside of it, basically. And you put the dot where you want the round to go and you squeeze the trigger and that should be where the round goes, right? Here's the problem with us as humans. We like to look at the target we like to bring the site into alignment. Then we like to perfect what we think the alignment should look like. Then we break that shot. What occlusive shooting does is it requires you to put tape over your red dot site. So you have a barrier between the dot and the target. And your focus cannot shift from the destination of the round. Your focus must remain on the destination. So you're focusing on the X, the bullseye of that target. You allow the gun to come out up into its proper position. And as soon as you see the flash of that dot, though it's taped over, take over your vision that you were looking at where the round was supposed to go. That's when you break the shot. And that's when that shot will almost 100% of the time land right in the bullseye. Mm -hmm. Only when you start micromanaging it off of your own this is what I mm. think it should do. This is what I think it should feel like. And you start second guessing and shifting your focus, not from the, uh, from the target to your site is when you start missing the mark. Mm. So, herein we spiritual. I got to run that same experiment and it was unbelievable how much, if your mind was taking over it more and you were overthinking it, you were always missing. In the sense of you want to micromanage how it should be when you should just trust the process and realize it just flows biomechanically, whatever. If And especially if you have trained and have spent time working on the fundamentals, it should just work. Don't overcorrect it. Don't get analysis paralysis. Take the shot. And that was unbelievable to say, like this, the people's faces were just like, no way that just happened. Because mm -hmm. everyone was trying to overcorrect. Everyone was trying to overthink it. And then when mm -hmm. they finally broke that, it was amazing to see the light bulb of, oh, I'm actually doing it. I'm actually doing it just fine. <laughs> that was so cool to see. Wow. So yeah, when you're in a situation and you're, you're seeing the you know, through the glass darkly, if you will, through the lens darkly, uh, like you talked about, Daniel, you know, I'm, oh, I'm so frustrated with this situation. 
yeah, where's your focus? Mm -hmm. Is it on the, the situation or the destination? Mm -hmm. And here's a really harsh statement that I'll make that I will then put a, a story behind. Um, our sense of self-righteousness can completely rob God of the ability to bless us. Yep. Well, let that sink in. And mm -hmm. that had some heat on it. It, it, it flew by my head. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that one. Oh the, God. <laughs> <laughs> I would the, have loved to have that, that fly by that. my head, Ryan. It, flying <laughs> by your head's one thing; it's when it hits you right between the eyeballs is another. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Oh, mm. The re the reason that I can say that with that much heat behind it is because it's because of a situation that I walked through during the process of getting my house that. I was praying, um, you know, we, we were not in the situation where we could even purchase this house and put it on this piece of land. Uh, we have a, a mobile home. Um, we were not in the situation, but it was, it was something that we prayed very hard about. We knew that God was directing us to do it. He said, yes, walk forward with this and have faith in me. And so it was, it was a faith move the whole way through. Um, and so I started praying things. I was like, you know, well, God, if you're doing this, if you're going to have us walk in faith, then let me just add a couple things to the list here. Just, you know, just for kicks and giggles. <laughs> yeah. um, and so, but really, I just, I wanted to be a testimony. I wanted our, our experience to be a testimony. And it was so much so that um, I started paying some things out of pocket for the house, like the septic and like uh, the driveway, that kind of thing. And by the, because I was trying to take just a little off the top of the mortgage. Um, and so we get to the end and the person that I'm purchasing the house from sends the final, like, uh, the itemized list of everything in the total cost. And I'm looking at this, this sheet and I'm like, this, this doesn't feel right. This feels like something's been double charged. And this person that I was dealing with, it was, it was an amazing thing that the house actually got here yeah. because it was this whole crazy situation. Um, but so I knew I was being double charged for the septic and septics are not cheap. And so I, I texted her and I was like, Hey, um, could you just double check and uh, just make sure that you didn't um, include the septic charge on this mortgage? Because, you know, I already paid that out of pocket. And she texted back something very quickly, very kind of uh, snarky remark kind of thing. And I just felt like, you know, I think that almost anyone else in this situation would really fight this tooth and nail and be like, no, you're going to make sure that I get that money that I already paid off the top of this bill. But I just felt so strong in that moment that God sees all things and he restores all things that needs to be restored. And so we it went forward and finally right like a little bit before everything is finalized she's like hey um did you get my text and so essentially what ends up happening is instead of getting that money for the septic off the top of the mortgage which equals almost nothing on a monthly payment for those of you that don't know it's very little amount um instead of that i got that money back in cash from her from her pocket and it was enough to cover everything that i had asked god for and it paid 
for our home birth of our fourth child. If I had been stuck in self-righteousness and fought that tooth and nail rather than believing that God saw everything and ordained everything, I would have robbed him of the ability to bless me for what I asked him and what I didn't ask him for. Oh, man. Mm. Oh, man. That's good. That's very good. So that's why you say too that self-righteousness is like essentially also tunnel vision in a in a way. We can get it's thinking that we we see everything so clearly. Like we know what's even in front of us and what's going on. We have no idea. (laughs) We really have no idea. I can't remember if it was Mike, if you said it before. I can't remember who it was. But we we had this years ago. We were talking with uh, there was a group of people and I think you had likened it unto uh, uh, driving. I think it was, or something, someone said something and it might've been Mike. So I'm going to give Mike credit for this, that uh, driving through the mountains and how, if you've ever driven through the mountains, sometimes it can get crazy foggy where it doesn't matter what your lights position is. You're not seeing a thing. And it's like an act of faith and trust just to move through that just because it's so heavy. And I think that you like that how Messiah was. I can't remember. Am I speaking correctly here, Mike, or is that not you? Maybe I don't um, think it was me. Okay, I thought it was. It was like it was a fantastic story. I've always looked at it that way. Of sometimes how you move through life, it can be that foggy and dense, and then you think you know what's supposed to be ahead, but God will just gently nudge you and say, "Hey, it's, there's going to be a bend. Be ready for it. The bend's coming. You don't see it, but it's coming." So like that, like, oh, yeah, I'm, I think I'm being double charged on something. That's got it in the end. He's got to figure it out. That well, was really like, cool. Yeah, it's like we can't see the end of the road. I, I did have something similar that happened to me like that. I was driving back from, uh, I was up in um, Wyoming, uh, coming back from uh, Sarasota, Saratoga uh, to Medicine Bow uh, with Yakov Rice. And um, the the snow was so was coming down so hard and if you've never been up in this area uh the the markers on the side of the road you know how we see the the markers or you know like car level these are like four feet tall because the amount of snow that that comes down up there and we were driving through a snowstorm to the point that all i could see was the a marker i could see the right marker then i could see the left marker then the right one and the left one and I had to put my total trust in that those people that put those markers down knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And if I just followed the next marker, I would make it to the destination. So mm-hmm. when we're looking through, you know, as to get back to you, Ryan, um, as we're, we're wanting to see life through God's lens, what that means is not that we're going to see the end. Mm-hmm but we're going to see clearly what our next step is. You know, the, the steps of the righteous man are ordered by, by the Lord. Um, you know, your word is a lamp into my feet, a light into my path. So to see through his lens is to, to sometimes is just to see my next step, believing that when he needs when when i need to see the next one he's going to reveal it to me so it's it's almost a little bit of an oxymoron isn't it yeah. 
Which part exactly? Well, you know, I, I'm well, thinking going into this, I'm thinking that to see through the ends, the lens of the lens of God is to see everything clearly. You know, mm -hmm. the, to see the the end out of the beginning as he sees. So I should be able to see much more. I should be mm -hmm. able to see farther down the road. Although now sometimes it's just seeing clearly in the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that was kind of to the, the my point was, you know, the end goal, I think, for all of us is to reach the point where we stand before him and we hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And much like the occlusive shooting, we have to to maintain that as our, our focus, as our, our final destination. What makes the shot accurate is the motions, the fundamentals that are given to you. Because you are seeing things just one step at a time. But the Bible outlines these, these tasks, these, these mandates, these these ways of living for us. And then God also has the mercy to put people in our lives, like I talked about my wife and, and even, you know, you three gentlemen that help us help be those, those markers along the way mm. that you're trusting back to your story, Mike. Mm -hmm. uh, and he is also faithful to answer us. Usually when we call and are in, difficult situations. I'll share a story recently that I had gone through really dealing with the father on something, really still dealing with the father on something, speaking of houses and so forth. But um, I finally, at one point, to be quite vulnerable with you, had broken down pretty hard that, that I was really going after it. And it, it turned into to me and God, really, mm. or really me going at it quite vehemently, vehemently, however you pronounce that. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't hear anything at first. And I thought, well, with everything that I've said that I've now gotten off my chest, I'm, I was expecting maybe a lightning bolt to come through that top of that roof of that car <laughs> and just zap me, you know. <laughs> and I probably would have had it coming. And I waited, I think it was about five days and I was mm. in the car and I was coming back from Nashville and I heard the voice of the Lord as clearly as could be say, not what I was expecting. He goes, why, would, why did you have to yell at me when you could have just asked me? Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that broke me mm -hmm. because I thought, you know, as, as much as I've thought about this and dreamed about this, I've never actually asked him or asked him what his direction was. Wow. Mm. And then I had peace. Hmm. Is it still frustrating? Sometimes in, in, in the waiting, in the, yeah. yes. Yeah. But I know that I know that I know that he hears me. Wow. And I know that like Mike's brought up that verse, the lamp unto my feet, 
you know, we might just see, you know, a, a lamp like that, especially in Yeshua's day, it didn't throw much light. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. You had just enough for the next step. Yeah. Sometimes that's all you need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if he showed us, uh, if he was to give us a spotlight of what's down, you know, farther down the road, it would probably scare us so much we couldn't, it would it would hinder our forward movement. Yep. Yeah, if you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, do you really want to see what the valley looks like? Do you really want to see the bear at the end? Yeah. 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 All right. Mm -hmm. Well, hey, we're about out of time. Closing thoughts, Daniel, Dave. Um, you want to go, Daniel, or you want to go? <laughs> go, go for it, Dave. Go for okay, it. man. Oh, there's been so many amazing things. I mean, we, we looked at it from the perspective of how does God see you? And we spent a lot of time on how you see you. And I think that's the problem is that how we see ourselves is the problem. God's got a very perfect view of how, what he's got set for us. And it's extremely purpose-driven life. And I think that sometimes we can get so, we want to micromanage. I love that line. We want to be self-righteous in how we think our lives should be. And a lot of times we have to understand that God's got a better path laid out and we like to compare our lives to others. So we get into this mess of life and we try to navigate and figure it out. But I would like to stress like what Ryan said at the very end was something that I've found to be a rock when I'm in valleys when you are going through that valley and when you're going through something that is rough, I don't care what it is financially, emotionally, it's usually all the above, all the above when it comes to a valley. Am I right? Like it's pretty bad. Whenever you're going through something like that, I will leave you with the, the little advice that I can give still I'm figuring out this life. You want peace as much as possible. You want to find that peace. And sometimes it's a little hard to get to that peace, but if you seek it, you're going to find it. You are going to find that way. And it usually comes with an answer from the father, not the answer you're wanting, but the answer that God knows you need in that moment. And that will follow with peace. And I don't care how bad it can get. When you have that peace, you feel like you could just go even further. It is like supercharged battery. What there's, I don't know how to describe it. It feels like, okay, you know what? If this is going to last longer, I can do longer. I can do that because I have peace and know that God's with me in this. So that's what I would leave you with as a, as a final comment is that fix your vision. Understand that God sees it from the past, the, the past, the present, and the future. If you're going through something rough, it's because you can handle it and you can make it through. Just trust him. It's, and that's so hard to say when everything's going good. But when it's bad, you really don't want to believe that that's true. I want you to remember, like we said, and that's the key word. Remember that he does have a complete plan for your life. And it is extremely good. It's so amazing. Just trust the process. Yeah. Daniel? Um, Ryan, you're, you're talking, reminded me of a song. So it's my turn to quote some lyrics for once. All right. <laughs> um, so this is probably like the latter half of this, this song. Um, so this is God speaking. I have seen this all before. It is all too familiar. But you will, you, you speaking to us, you will never see the bottom of my storehouses of love. So as you use the night to make your flight, no choice that you will make or path you will take will change my mind. 
Even if one day you decide you will find somewhere else to hide, I will walk your way and call your name and wait for your reply. Even if you make up in your mind you don't want to be by my side, I will leave the 99, oh, that you'd be mine. I'm going to leave behind the 99, oh, that you'd be mine. And here's the part, oh, gets me every single time. Even if you stomp and scream and huff and tell me that I'm not good enough, I'll take every swing and every blow until you know my love. Even if you beat upon my chest and tell me you don't understand, I will love you and teach you to love me again. God is very, very good to be patient with us and to welcome when we beat upon his chest and tell him we don't understand. But I think, Ryan, what you learned and what, what he showed you and what we're all learning and is that he would much rather prefer a daily communion. Yes. And that that is what would bring that peace is just that daily communication with him. And that daily communication is what what David was talking about, the fundamentals yes. that cause us to be able to aim for and hit the mark in the end. But just remember this, he has plans for us, for completion and not for evil, to give us a future and a hope. So live your life on purpose. Till next week. See you next time, guys. See you. See you guys. <laughs>